Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Monday, July 10th. And as always, it is brought to you by the Perry and Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Perry and Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers catchy slogans a few billboards big results billy we are 24 days away from the nfl 25 days away from high school football and 47 days away from college football dude we're so close and i mentioned this too we were talking about this uh i guess because we've we've had a little bit of technical difficulties but our our prop culture wednesdays we're doing the top five theme songs for all sports, and, and I'm—I guarantee you, mine's going to be very, very football-centric, and it's going to be—it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I have my top five. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I'm—I think I'm done. Uh, mine is mine is very eclectic. It's sort of all over the place, um, but there is a, there's definitely a strong presence of, of football up there. But it's a uh, it's going to be interesting, man. I like this sort of pop culture Wednesday segment that we've thrown into the morning five. It, it adds a nice little uh, fan engagement session, if you will, for uh, for the podcast. Oh, yeah. I think we need to put that out today. Like, just what everyone else's theme songs would be. That's not a bad idea. Going not, into... Yeah. Just not do a, it today. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, Billy, today is National Pina Colada Day. Are you in on Pina Coladas? No, I'm going to pass. No. I'm not a big fan of the drink. Um, I do like getting caught in the rain. Good. Okay. That's um, good. But but no. No? I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of the drink itself. No. Not, a, not a fan of yoga, I guess, either? Um, you know, I can give or take. Okay. Yoga. Do you have half a brain? Um, that's debatable. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, that's, that's halfway to opinion. What about making love in the dunes of the Cape? Uh, I'm okay with that too. All right, sure. all right. So that's like you're like we'll you're like you're like sixty percent of the way to enjoying pina coladas. You know, if you just if you keep on that trajectory, I think you'll be a, I think you'll be a pina colada fan before you know it. Uh, Billy, this past weekend the Braves take two of three from the I don't know. Some people were saying the best team in baseball, but I I didn't see it this weekend. Braves two of three. Uh, Braves best team in baseball right now at the break. They win two to one on Friday night in one of the quickest ball games I think I've uh, I've ever seen. Uh, Murphy with two RBIs, Morton with six and a third, only gave up one earned run and struck out six. We we had something going on Friday night and and we got done with it and I got out and checked my phone and I was like I wonder what inning the Braves game is in uh, and it was already done. It was already done. Barely over two hours was the game on Friday night. Yeah, it was a quick game. Apple TV did a decent job of the broadcast. I actually liked their broadcast like the, the visual aspect of their broadcast uh, the the audio side of the broadcast kind of bothers me only because they were very Braves centric in this in the broadcast um, as opposed to the Braves uh, they threw in a couple of Braves tidbits every once in a while but it was just 
it was very pro Rays. They kept talking about how the Rays had been, you know, decimated by injuries in their pitching staff. And I'm like, our n- top two are gone, guys. Like, nah, that's fine. They can they can be race centric. They can be race homers. Hey, we came away with a win. We we got what mattered. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was a good game. Um, you know, two two hits total on Friday for the Braves and uh, come away with the dub. So I'm happy with that. Uh, and then Braves on Saturday they win six to one. Murphy with three RBIs. Murphy had an absolute gem of a weekend. Acuna and Olsen also added in an RBI of a piece, and Strider just absolutely unhittable on Saturday. He went six and a third, giving up zero earned runs and 11 Ks. Yeah, I don't know why they took him out in the seventh. That bothered me. <laughs> but it is what it is. Do you think it was one of those matchup things where they, did, they didn't want to... They didn't want him to see the uh, lineup. What was that, the sixth time around, I guess, with the amount of hits he gave up? <laughs> Probably, but at the same time, the uh, it was probably a pitch count thing. I think when he got taken out, there was a, he was at over a hundred pitches, but still, that yeah. bothered me. Like, yeah, yeah. let him go. Got taken out at one hundred and four. Only allowed five base runners in six and a third. Almost through seven. Yeah, I would have loved to seen him finish seven. I mean, five base runners in six and a third. That's that's it. That's well, beautiful. And, and he's got the All Star break coming up, so like, there's no reason for him to worry about the next start you know what i mean yep yeah like, go ahead and let him pitch a little bit longer uh and if you are into the game score thing that baseball savants comes out with after every you know pitch or uh, every outing a starter has uh that was strider's third best game all year via game score so nice to nice to see him sort of hitting the stride right before the all-star break which is I mean, you know, no, no pun intended but uh he gets what I is see what you did there. What does he get? He get three or four days of, of, of rest and get ready for uh for a Cy Young push for the second half. Well, um, yeah. He's he's gonna be in Seattle, so that's it's not really rest for him for them. You know, I turned it he, down. he turned and it Elder down. both do not pitch. Well they're they're gonna go, but they are not gonna do anything. They're not gonna pitch. Oh, that's good. Um so yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Elder, Bryce Elder got the start on Sunday. Not the best outing for him, man. Not the way he wanted to wrap up no. the first half of the season. Uh, Braves fall 10-4. Olsen, Darno, and Harris all with RBIs. Bryce Elder, though, got absolutely shellacked. Went three and a third, gave up seven earned runs, and didn't strike out a single batter. Definitely not the way you want to wrap up the first half of a phenomenal season uh, from Bryce Elder. Yeah, it- wasn't the greatest start um it was over early you know giving up four runs in that first inning is is not ideal um but it is what it is so you just kind of it's one of those games in baseball where you just wipe the slate clean and move on and go okay we're starting fresh on on the new one because i mean the braves did make a little bit of comeback it was a little bit close um in the middle innings but then the Rays just kept piling on piling on piling on so yeah, it is what it is, man. You just go move on. Um, great start to the year. 60 wins at the break. It's, it's huge. Yeah, and it's uh, it's nice to see what the Braves did against uh, the Rays, who might be the best team in the AL. I'm not going to say they are because I don't, I don't watch the AL much as much, nearly as much as I do the NL. Uh, and then what they did against the um, against the Cincinnati Cardinals, or the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds. 
uh, who I think yeah. I think the Reds are probably the, the second best team in the National League. I, I think we're probably going to see the Reds in the NLCS. Um, it's great to take. Uh, what, what did we take? We took four or six from from the Reds and Rays, right? We went four and six against those two teams. I yes. think. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good for the Braves for doing that. Yep. Four or six. That's a uh, that's a series win in the playoffs, right there. That's that's a series win in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Thousand percent. Uh, Braves are sixty and twenty nine right now, the second most wins before the All Star break in franchise history. This team will have the best winning percentage at the break in franchise history, bettering the sixty seven percent winning percentage in nineteen ninety eight when they went fifty nine and twenty nine. The most wins they've ever had before the All Star break was sixty one, but I believe they had thirty two losses. Uh, at the All-Star break during that season. I think that was somewhat, sometime in the 2000s. I forgot what year that was, but it was sometime in the 2000s. So, uh, 2003, I think. Probably. That, that would seem, that would seem about right, yeah. Uh, so the Braves on an absolute historic run so far this year, and we'll have a, uh, we'll have a Braves first-half review uh, on Thursday on the Morning Five. All right. Yeah, yeah let's do it. A little rundown of the first half. Uh, Billy, also this weekend, not only did the Braves take two or three from the Rays, but Atlanta went up, uh, the Atlanta United went up to Montreal and beat them one to nothing in a huge game points-wise and standing-wise. A great defensive effort by the back line. I I mean, as much crap as we've given that back line all season long, uh, they played really, really well this weekend. I I was pretty impressed, especially with no Miles Robinson back there. Like, it was... um, it was a breath of fresh air to see sort of see us come together and not have to rely on miles Robinson to do everything back there. And when miles isn't back there, our back line looked like a bunch of lost puppies. So nice to see that the three, right. the, you know, the, the three, five back line that we're running seems to be sort of the majority, what the majority of the MLS teams are running right now. And, and I don't know, maybe, maybe we're rounding into form on, on the three, five formation. Uh, we'll see. Played a, uh, a false nine without Gigi, which seemed to work really well. I don't know if it was so much of a false nine that we were playing or if it was just that Miguel Berry uh, is pretty inept as a backup striker. Um, and he's he's essentially <laughs> useless. So I, I don't I don't know if that was an intentional false nine or if it was intentional. Uh, but no, G, the fact that we didn't have Gigi and we didn't have Miles and we still won the game one to nothing, that's, that's pretty nice especially up in Montreal. Montreal was on a six-game home winning streak. Uh, They were just absolutely dominating everybody up there, and I believe they've only dropped points at home two or three times this whole season. Uh, So Montreal is a very, very tough place to go up and get points from. Uh, Speaking of Miguel Berry, I never want to see him play for Atlanta United again. Uh, That guy has a ton of heart, tries really hard, gives a lot of effort in there. Um, but he's pretty terrible. He's pretty awful. He, he doesn't have much skill. I, I don't ever want to see him in an Atlanta United kit again. Brooks Lennon scoring off of another free kick via a, re, or via a rebound. Almada took the free kick, rebounded. Brooks Lennon was right there to clean up the rebound. It's nice to see from Atlanta United that we uh, really put the effort in on the training ground for free kicks. Uh, that's something that's been shown under Gonzalo Pineda that he – is uh, really emphasizes free kicks and you know the strategy that go into it and i feel like every time we take a free kick we're always deadly from it whether it's almada scoring from the spot or it's one of our other guys just cleaning up off the rebound i feel like every time we have a chance at a free kick i feel confident that we're going to put it in the back of the net uh stats for the game shots were 15 to 7 montreal 
Shots on target were three to one Atlanta. Possession was 57-43 Montreal. Key passes were 12 to four Montreal. Expected goals were 1.77 to 0.59 in favor of Atlanta United. Most points earned in the last six matches. Uh, Salt Lake is at 14, Columbus is at 12, and Atlanta United and New England are tied right now with 11 apiece, which is kind of ironic because coming up this week, we do have Atlanta United versus the New England Revolution on Wednesday night, little midweek action. So two of the hottest teams in the MLS will do battle on Wednesday, and I know Abner and David will have all of the five stripes breakdown for you on TM5 United this week. Yep, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that episode and also hearing the recap episode from uh, this weekend because yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch because I was watching the Braves game. So. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch either because I was watching uh, NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, but well, I, you, I, I watched you the were, You were seeing your partner. Yes, your yeah. other part, podcast. Well, partner. I was, I was so. at, I was at the NASCAR race, which, by the way, uh, yeah. phenomenal. I'll break it all down on uh, Track Talk this week, but um, yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Uh, and the kids liked it a lot more than I thought they were going to. So uh, more more NASCAR track visits will be in our future. All right, Bryce. Uh, since we missed the podcast on Friday, um, we're going to do the Harrelson County Rebels preview today. Sweet. Hit me with it, baby. Sound good to you? I'm down. All right. Scott Peavy and company look to rebound after a tough 2022 season where the Rebels went 3-7. and seven. Um, I mean, you could talk with Scott Peavy. And he'll tell you the same thing. It was a tough season. Even after having that tough season, there's still a lot to be happy about Bryce. And they, they were still in the hunt in games nine and 10 in, in last season. And I guarantee you, Scott Peavy will have his boys ready to go th- this season. There's a lot of stuff piling up against the Rebels in 2022. You know, replacing a three-year starter and leader at, at quarterback, that's a, that's a huge loss to anybody. Um, moving to a different region and then adding tougher opponents and also the injury bug hit Harrelson County hard last year. All of which is in the past though. And and they're building on the successes uh, they did have last year and moving forward. Five seniors had playing time last year and, and they're gone, which means a lot of younger kids got a chance to contribute. And I spoke with Scott PB about this and he said they did play, but there's a difference between Bryce. And, and this is something I was going to ask you. There's a difference between playing time while you're losing versus playing time when you're winning. And learning how to win is is a big, big difference when you're when you have playing time. Yeah, it's it's a mentality thing. I mean, you can you play when you're losing. You almost go out there with a reckless abandon. Um, it, it, you know, football. I don't know. I don't know. Football mentality, uh, depending on what position you play going out there when you're losing. But I know, I know it's big in like basketball, basketball, you go up there and if you're losing, I just shoot a shot. Who cares? You're losing, losing by 15. It doesn't matter. Um, well, once you get up, once you start winning, once you start playing with a lead and stuff, there is a fine line between playing, you know, without errors, without penalties, without mistakes and playing too tight. Uh, you want to be able to play loose. You want to be able to play fast and, and, Coach Peavy's a thousand percent right. It's it's a lot different playing with the lead than it is playing with you know when you're when you're down when you're chasing. Uh, it's it's just a different mentality and, and kids, young kids especially, have to learn how to play with both and, and when to implement both. And um, everything I've heard out of Harrelson County from a couple of people that I know close to that program, I, I know they got some really young talented players out there. Uh, I I think they may still be a year away possibly. 
Uh, but I know there's there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of buzz around uh, some of the group of kids that are coming into high school this year and will be into high school next year. I know that middle school program uh, has been rolling out some studs here in the past two or three years. Yeah, there's a couple of freshmen, uh, incoming freshmen that are going to contribute uh, this year greatly. Uh, there's a there, and I can't remember the kid's name, but there's a running back slash DB that's really really solid for them. Um, that's going to contribute this year, and it's going he's going to be special, like special, special. Yeah. So uh, let's we're going to pay attention to that. Um, looking at their schedule, and and I I spoke with Coach BB, and he said, well, he said we have. We did this this way, but it's it's going to be tough. We have a tough non-region schedule, and looking at their schedule, yeah, they do. That's that's an understatement. They right begin there. year. <laughs> they begin the year at Raven County. Uh, I think they're usually then, pretty good, right? Raven County usually, usually yeah, decent football team. Yeah, pretty decent, pretty <laughs> decent. Um, then uh, then they welcome in their cross county rival Bremen, which is going to be tough. Um, that should be a really good game. Week in the, yes, uh, it should. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm game. circling that one as, as as sort of a where are they for both Bremen and Harrelson County. That, that's going to be a, a show me game, I think, for both programs for this year to sort of sort out and feel where they are at for this year and what trajectory they're going to be on for the rest of the year. That's that's a very important game, in my opinion, for both teams. Yeah, and you'll you'll be calling a game at Bill Ricca that day, so we'll have to just find out about it a little bit later that night on the uh, post game show. Um, then they are off, and then they welcome in um, Mary. They go to at Mary Person, which, which is not going to be easy. Which person? Mary Person. They only have, it's a one man team. Only Mary's playing. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's bold. It's bold. Bold then, strategy uh, there, Cotton. Then they will. Then they welcome in Upson Lee. Then region schedule begins. North Murray at Gordon Central, Rockmark at Model. I mean, that right there is just going to be tough. That's that's a that's a rough opening opening region schedule right there for for Harrison County, yeah. And then they've got their another bye week on October twentieth, and then they finish the season at Murray County, home against Fannin County. So. Jeez. No off and weeks. I, I told. <laughs> here's here's the thing, and I to, I told Scott this myself. It was like I feel a lot better about your crew this year than I did last year, and a lot of it comes from the experience that those kids gain. Yep. You know there is there is a difference between winning and lo- you know playing during winning and playing during losing, but getting playing time is essential for especially for young kids and considering that they're they only had to replace five contributing starters you know that's that's going to be huge so i'm i'm thinking that harrison county is going to have a much better season this year than they did last yeah i i I may once again i'm sort of interested to see what that game two brings harrison county and bremen those those are two question mark programs that we follow sort of in in our county in our little area um, that's a tough region, dude. That that is that is such a such a tough region. That that might be. I'm trying to run through real quick. That might be the toughest region out of any of the nine schools that we cover. Um, I I think I think Harrelson County might have the toughest region. But I, yeah, I got a lot of faith in. Them. We'll be able to see them, or I'll be able to see them uh, in the uh, in the second scrimmage of the year for for Villarica. Harrelson yep. County has a has a scrimmage before they travel up to Raven. 
So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what they got, man. I know they had a lot of young talent last year. Let's see what they did over the summer, see how they progressed, and, and see what Coach Peavy has cooking out there in Rebel Land. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about it, man. So that's, uh, that's our Harrison County Rebels preview. And I'm looking forward to, hopefully, we need to, we need to confirm this with Seabass, but um, hopefully Casey will be covering her county for us uh, this this coming Friday. Oh, yeah. I'll have, to, I'll have to text him. Hey, did you ever uh, get a confirmation on when Midnight Madness is for the uh, for Harrelson County? Uh, it's always the first day that they're allowed to have padded practice, which I think is July 31st or August 1st, somewhere around there. First day when they're technically allowed to have padded practice or the first day they actually have padded practice? First day they're allowed where ah, it's mandatory. Gotcha. Okay. Those two vary a little bit. You know, Sometimes you just put pads on in the in the locker room, just play around, you know, with uh, with schemes yeah. and, uh, and formations and such. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bryce, let's head to the Marine South scoreboard. Uh, yesterday, Nats beat the Rangers seven to two. Marlins beat the Phils seven to three, and the Padres beat the Mets six to two. So obviously, the Marlins and the Nationals, you know, got a little bit closer to the Braves yesterday because of the loss but you know i'm still happy about it i, I think we can suffer this I, th- coverings. I, I think we can i think yeah. we can suffer the uh the nats and the marlins winning one uh we are 10 games up in the loss column on the marlins uh so not not sweating it at the moment yeah when i went to bed on saturday it was 11 games in the loss column i was happy about it <laughs> <laughs> uh we um, are in on the, the smith's four coverings games Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the only other team in the NL East that has a positive run differential right now is the Phillies at a plus nine. Uh, Marlins at a minus five. Mets at a minus three. Uh, Nats at a minus 83. And the Braves are just sitting there at a cool, calm plus 147, the best run differential in the National League. Yeah, well, the Phillies are starting to make their comeback. Oh, and it, that's the team that I'm concerned about. I'm not concerned about anybody. We're the Braves. But, all right, in the Smith's Four Covings Games and Events calendar, we've got the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby tonight, which is going to be fun. That'll be at 8 o'clock. Um, and we also can have some high school softball. Now, this is not – this is all scrimmages right now. Um, they're not allowed to have, like, full-on games, like, that mean anything until August 4th is the first time they can have this. But this is a scrimmage, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, um, Bowden versus Harrelson County Heat. They're just having some fun and competing um, this weekend or today at 1.30. So that's on your Smith's Four Covings Games and Events calendar. Yeah, that's at the East Carrollton Sports Complex. I'd be pretty shocked if they got that one in today. Um, it is, like I said, it's been pouring down rain for, I don't know, probably five, six hours. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know. We'll see if they get that in. But, yeah, some local teams in action all this week, all this week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. A uh, little, I think, little scrimmage games out there, just little practice, fun games to see where they're at and see what they need to work on before the season starts in earnest here in a couple weeks. Uh, let's get to another cup of coffee, Billy. Brought to you by a realtor, Hannah Strong, with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. The Atlanta Hawks get Patty Meals and a deal with OKC to save four and a half million dollars. Uh, what's your take on this Patty Meals trade for the for the Hawks? Sure, you know we'll see. I, this is this is not the end of the 
of the offseason, hopefully for the Atlanta Hawks. So before I give you like my full take, I'm going to wait and see what um, the Hawks have in store for the rest of the offseason. Yeah, I don't. I... You know, the, we, we barely mentioned the Rudy Gay um, trade and mostly because Rudy Gay got traded immediately with, for the spouting mills. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rudy Gay, let's we just got wait cut. and uh, we'll see. Yeah, um, the Hawks, yeah, the Hawks, the Hawks traded Ty Ty Washington Jr., Usman Garuba, and Rudy Gay for for Patty Mills. Um, and uh, Mills has been traded three times in the past ten days, so I, I, he keeps on moving around. I don't know if Mills will ever play in Atlanta. I'll probably get cut. I, I, we kind of talked about it last week, Billy. I, the, I don't know where the juice is coming from this year for the Hawks and, and why people are excited about it. Uh, I'll be excited about it. I love Trey Young. I love the Hawks. I'll be super excited once the season gets here and rolls around. But, um, yeah, if you're just a casual bystander, man, I, I, I really don't know. I don't know what you're getting excited about. DeJounte Murray signing, in my opinion, what's going to be a contract that the Hawks probably regret in a year and a half. Um, I, I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Quinn Schneider can do. Real with... quick before we go ahead, I was gonna say we, we'll we'll see what Quinn Schneider can do with this with this roster once the season starts. Yeah, uh, real quick before we move on to what you've got on on here, uh, I wanted to throw this out there. Um, congratulations to Carrollton Trojan class of 2026 offensive lineman Zyke Helton. He's committed to Alabama. That's pretty good, Bryce. Uh, Alabama, pretty Come good. On. That's a. Yeah. I, th- I think I've heard of that college once or twice. He's a sophomore here, <laughs> and he's like an incoming sophomore. Yeah. This is just nuts. That's a uh, um, Alabama. So, I think they win some football games out there. Yeah. So, and actually, I think um, Coach White had mentioned the offensive line was going to be interesting this year because of of Helton among others. So, yeah, I was about looking to say, forward Helton. to seeing what uh, they've. He was he was definitely one of the kids that Coach White mentioned. Uh, it's gonna gonna help that team this year. Yeah. So be interested to see what Carrollton can do this year. Um, big game, top fifteen matchup in the in the country. <laughs> right off the bat <laughs> on August eighteenth. <laughs> off August eighteenth. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Ex Northwestern player says Coach Pat Fitzgerald failed by not stopping a hazing incident. Dude, this is getting creepier and creepier by the day. Like, it's it's almost getting to the point where it's. I know this is going to sound terrible, but we're 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 venturing closer and closer to Penn State territory here. Just in in terms of just pure and utter creepiness, but ah man, this is this is not good for Northwestern. No, and it's I don't know. Some of the stuff is weird. Every single article I read about it. I don't know. I don't know who this unnamed source is, the former student athlete, but he sounds like he has an axe to grind. And that's what even one of the one of the current players that talked to the former player said that the former player told him that the only reason he was he was coming out with any of this is he just wanted to see uh, fit, you know, Fitzgerald fired. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know whether to believe this stuff or not believe it. Everything I've heard from the people, the players that are still at the program, and even some of the former players that have come out and, and talked to it, they, they've said everything's been twisted and exaggerated, and, and even if some of it straight up lies. So 
Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'll let this all shake out. I don't really care. It's Northwestern. Who the hell cares about them? Um, I thought Pat, Fitz, Pitt, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald was a pretty decent dude. And, you know, who, who knows how much of this – I don't know. It's a football locker room mentality does not vibe with the current – culture mentality that is among young people it just doesn't they don't they can't coexist so um you know we'll, true. We'll, we'll see I, I don't from reading this from reading the articles that i've read i don't i think it's a non-issue I, I think it's one of those things that pat fitzgerald probably like he already has two weeks suspension in the middle of summer and hey just you know button up some stuff a little bit more um but it's you know nothing nothing i read it, me personally, nothing I read on any of these articles that I've read so far, um, you know, would encourage Northwestern to fire Pat Fitzgerald. I don't think um, some of the stuff is odd, but I mean, dude, we do a lot of odd stuff in the locker room. Like it's, I don't know. That's that's a that's a much bigger, I think, cultural question than it is sports and football question. You know what I mean? Yeah, and probably we needed to have a conversation with current like gen z versus your generation and my generation that kind of thing yeah because i mean you're only you're only a couple years behind me but still it's it almost feels like it's a little bit of a different different generation yeah uh randall stevenson resigns from the pga tour board over serious concerns about the saudi deal big news man yeah uh that's a that's you know I I want I think I think Stevenson maybe was hoping that his resignment would make bigger waves than it did. Uh, we'll see, man. We'll we'll see what goes on with the PGA <laughs> Tour, and because nobody cares, nobody cares about a PGA Tour board member. Nobody cares if if it was a golfer. If Rory said he wasn't playing for the PGA Tour anymore or something like that, then yeah, that would hold some weight. But I didn't even know who the hell Randall Stevenson was before he resigned from the PGA Tour board. I'm not gonna cry that he's gone now just because he doesn't want to work with the Saudis and you know more power to him if, if that's what he wants to do so ah, yeah that's uh billion today in 1968 U.S. Major League Baseball announces it will split into two divisions for the 1969 season that's weird because you've always heard that the National League is is the quote-unquote senior circuit so was the American League created in 1968 at that point i don't know i guess so maybe maybe it was like the aba where they brought in the minor league al team i can't remember of course you can't remember it happened in 1969 <laughs> <laughs> you got anything well, else I, I say that because i'm a, I'm a huge history buff this is very I true can, i just can't remember this is very true yeah you got anything else to add today on a monday edition of the morning five nah man let's get out of here let's enjoy the home run derby tonight um enjoy your break as far as baseball is concerned and uh we'll get back we're less than a month away from football we are getting close to being only three weeks away from nfl and high school football starting like that is thank god mind-blowing mind-blowing yeah uh but for billy lundahl i am bryce sparling we'll see you tomorrow morning same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors